Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I am your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. And you want you want to know what's even more terrific? We have a special guest with us this week. She will give us a woman's point of view on things. She is a lover of sharks, especially those great whites. It is Dave's wife and my sister. Welcome, Dana Botcher. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you. So it's actually pretty funny with you two because, Dana, you absolutely, I know for a fact, you absolutely love sharks. I and do. you always have. And Dave, well, as we learned last week, you have a, a deep fear of sharks. Yes. So it's pretty funny how that works between you two. <laughs> well, opposites attract. Uh, I guess so. Opposites attract with sharks. <laughs> And as we learned, uh, as we learned last week, Dana, you have you really want to go and do cage diving with I, sharks. That is like my goal. I that's want a, to do like that. a dream vacation for you. Dream vacation. And Dave, I know you. You want Dave to go with you, right? Dave, how, how far <laughs> are you? <laughs> are you gonna go? Are you gonna, would you go with shore. her? I think I have to find. I'll wave else. the boat off. Find have someone else. Have fun storming the sea, looking for <laughs> sharks. Oh, that's great. I took out an insurance policy just in case. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, uh, I know you had some anxiety last week, and you're, uh, you're probably going to get some more because we are revisiting our toothy fish friends of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> They're and beautiful. They are. They're wonderful. And if you if you haven't listened to last week's episode, do yourself a favor and check it out. We go over a ton of shark attack statistics, which I promise you're going to be surprised about. I know that you guys were both surprised. I, I was, was yeah. definitely surprised. I was surprised on some of the stats. We go over all of 2017, the official shark report. We go over basically pretty much all attacks throughout history and the numbers and who are the main culprits behind them, what sharks are. As well as, uh, don't forget the story of Black December. So please go back and check it out if you haven't yet. And also, before we get going here, I want to thank all of our listeners. We actually now have over 200 downloads, which I think that's good. I think it's pretty awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> and, and the coolest part is that we have them in over in 10 different states and seven countries. For some reason, we might be a big hit in Southeast <laughs> Asia. I'm not sure. And also, we are now on iTunes, which is awesome. And if you have it, please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars. It really helps us out to get noticed. But you know what? Enough about that. I am ready to jump into this episode. I'm excited. I'm anxious. Oh, and uh, I believe our guest, Dana, you brought a story as well for us, right? I do. I, I do have a story. Wonderful. A really good story. Awesome. So Dana, we're gonna let's let's share your story at the end, okay? Yeah. And we're save gonna save the best for last. Save save the best for last. We're gonna do that. <laughs> and uh, like I promised last week, we have the story of Bethany Hamilton. Now, Dana, I do not think that we are related to her. It's possible. I don't know. Probably somewhere down the line. So you know, I Maybe like I to go shark diving with her. She she's would, ready for it. I, I don't know if she would be ready to go shark diving. She might lend you a hand. <laughs> that was pretty that good, was Dave. Good that, was, that was good. All right. So, you know, I like to title all of my all of our stories here. And this one's going to be called From Victim to Badass. Mm. So, Bethany Hamilton's story is pretty well known and has been popularized through media, TV, and there's even been films made about her, which I will get into a little bit later. Bethany was born February 8th, 1990, so she's just a, 
pretty much a year younger than myself. She was born in Lihu, Hawaii, L-I-H-U-E. Uh, but we're, you know what? We're going to jump 13 years to October 31st. So Halloween of 2003. Do you guys remember what? She was what? only 13. Yeah. She was only 13 when this oh, happened. Wow. Yes. She so she's 13 years old. And she went on a morning surf along Tunnels Beach, Kauai, with her best friend, Elena Blanchard, and also Elena's father and her brother. They went around 7.30 a.m. She was lying on her, surf, on her surfboard when, and left her left arm dangling in the water when all of a sudden a 14-foot tiger shark attacks her. Wow. And <clears throat> what, what the tiger shark does is it severs her left arm below the shoulder. And I, I looked into something like sharks are really the only animal that have the ability to sever limbs like that. I can't even crocodiles. They they can't do it because they don't have a sharp. Their teeth aren't yeah. razor edged and jagged like a sharks are. So that's a kind of if, if there's a severed limb in the water, it's probably a shark. <laughs> so the Blanchards, the whole family helped paddle her back to shore, and. Elena's father fashioned a tourniquet out of a rash guard and wrapped it up around the stump of her arm. Oh, wow. She was then rushed to Wilcox Memorial Hospital, and by, by the time she arrived there, she had lost over 60% of her blood. Wow. wow. And as a coincidence, her father, Bethany's father, who was actually scheduled to have knee surgery that exact same morning, was already there at the hospital. And took wow, his place. Yeah, and took his place in the operating room. That's crazy. She spent the next three weeks in recovery before being released. And during some interviews, she said that she felt she didn't feel anything when the shark attacked her. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that that's pretty common. Don't feel it. If you, something so severe happens, you. You just don't feel it. And so she didn't feel her arm being taken off. And on the way to the hospital, she said she felt numb all the way there, which I actually I yeah. could totally buy. And that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd much rather have it be numb than, than hurting. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. feel like I can feel it just listening to the story. See, sharks are polite. <laughs> I mean, at least they take the whole arm off. They could just. Well, they could just rip it in half. I don't know what yeah, to say about that. Yeah, but then you would probably you would probably have more pain. No, they're very, yeah, sharks oh. are very polite. That's going to be the theme of this. <laughs> they're All misunderstood. Right. They are misunderstood. So, when the news broke out of the shark attack, a family of fishermen uh, uh, presented some. They they caught a shark, a fourteen foot tiger shark, which confirmed to be the tiger shark that it had a surfboard debris. I don't know if they found her arm in there exactly, but they found the shark and they, they did kill the shark. Mm. So it was found um, just, and here's the fascinating thing about her story. It was, it was pretty well known, but just one month after the attack, she went back into the water and started surfing again. Just one month wow. after. Amazing. It really is. It, give her a lot of credit with the will and determination determination it's really amazing from her yeah and not having an arm like surfing takes two arms like that's super hard well not in her case it doesn't because after the attack she went from 
uh, victim to inspirational role model, people really love a good comeback story, and yes. particularly in sports. It can yeah. happen in any kind of sport. Uh, in this case, it happens to her, and her surfing career uh, proves just that. After the attack, she competed in over a dozen surfing competitions and winning first place in a few of them as well. Wow. So give her all the credit in the world. She also became a big media star after this attack. Yeah. She was on such TV shows as Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, 2020, Inside Edition, The Today Show, The Tonight Show. And in 2004, she won an ESPY for Best Comeback Athlete. Wow. We love a good comeback That's athlete weird. around here. And she also, that same year, she won the Courage Teen Choice Award. Huh. And and still in 2004, she had a book come out just a year later titled Soul Surfer, a true story of faith, family, and fighting to get back on the board, which in the book it describes kind of her, her whole ordeal. Yeah. And in 2007, a documentary film was made about her titled Heart of a Soul Surfer. It's uh, actually a faith-based documentary. Bethany is a uh, pretty devout Christian. She's quite religious herself. And uh, some people actually criticize her for only becoming famous because she was a shark attack victim, which, in all honesty, is totally true. However, I have absolutely no problem with her becoming famous because of it. Oh, she's a great role model for She people. really is. I have no problem with her capitalizing on her misfortune. Not at all. And with all of her TV roles and everything, she must have a good agent, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She must have a good agent or manager to get to get her all this work and you know what I do I don't have a problem with it who who can get mad at someone for, how that's just kind of I don't uh, know for me that's just silly to say oh she just capitalized on her misfortune people well, who are jealous that's because, because people who went who would go through that that's because most people that would go through that misfortune would would be like oh like me I'm not I'm, going back I'm in the never water. going in I'm freaking out my life is mm. over and, and look, this lady goes back in the water. Yeah, she, she you know, and no she was only deal. thirteen she, at the time. Still cool lives, story. happy, smiles all she's the time. She's got a great you know, story. She, I, I, like I said, yeah, I give her all the credit. Yeah, who can in put the world. something down like that? That's how it should be. That's just silly not to. You know? Yeah. So in two thousand nine, she was a contestant on "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" and won twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. I take it she was smarter than a fifth grader. She 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 was. <laughs> And she, she, uh, I think all of her money went to some uh, donations and stuff like that. She's been, uh, she's also been on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Ooh. I remember watching that with back when I lived with mom and dad. Yeah, that's all she watches. <laughs> Oh, she's going to listen to this, too, so she's going to know you said that. <laughs> and in 2011, the feature film about her story called Soul Surfer was released. The film actually did pretty well and has a star-studded cast, including Helen Hunt, Carrie Underwood, Kevin Sorbo, and Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, I've seen Did you, have you guys yeah. seen it? I, I, I never have seen it. Yeah. Was it was pretty, pretty good? good? Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah, and it has a 7.1 out of 10 stars on IMDb, so yeah, it's yeah. rated pretty good. People people like an inspirational film. A lot yeah. of people like those. And she also played herself in the film Dolphin Tale. Yes, she did. You've seen that one, too. I've seen that one, yeah. too. And also, you might like this one, Dana, because I know you watch this show. She competed on season 25 of The Amazing Race. Did she? She did. I I'm not an avid watcher, but I've seen no, a few. I thought you, I thought you watched those. I've seen a few seasons oh, here okay. and there. 
And <clears throat> she she's also done a lot for charities and Christian organizations over the years. And in 2013, she was married, and she now has two sons. So, you know what? I would say that's a happy ending yes, to our very first shark tale. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I like happy. I'm a big fan of happy endings. So, you know what? Good for you, Bethany. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. And she has a great story. She's got a great story. <laughs> yeah. And remember, that was a tiger shark that attacked her. Tiger sharks yeah. rank second in all of uh, shark attacks. They are the garbage eating. They are, and they sharks. also are the garbage eating sharks. They are the dump trucks of the ocean. <laughs> Do you remember what was first place in the shark attacks, Dana? Great white. Great white, your favorite. Second, we have tiger. Third, Dave. Do you remember? Third, uh, the. No, wasn't bull. Oh, it was bull. It was bull shark, Dave. Come on, Dave. I was thinking, I was thinking white tip for some reason. That was yeah, that, no, that we was ranked the... that one as the wild card because it's unconfirmed how many kills because oh, we nobody knows because it's normally like uh, shipwrecks and castaways and stuff like that. Okay. All right, but we're gonna move on. So for our next story, guys. We have to go back in time, and when we go back in time, normally it means we have to bring something to to enable us to go back in time. Dana, do you know what that is? I believe it's the time machine. Ding, 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 ding. That's right. Our trusty time machine. And, it, you know, it's not used to having three people, so we're going to have to kind of squeeze inside <laughs> of it. Do <laughs> uh, you want to know where we're going? We're going Move to... <laughs> we're going to 1749. Going way back. Before America was even a country. <laughs> so this story, I'm going to call this story First Survivor. Mm. So we're going to meet a boy named Brooke Watson. He was born in Devon, England in 1735. His parents somehow died and Brooke was orphaned in 1741. He was then sent to live with his aunt and uncle in Boston. Came over to the New World, still owned by England, so he thought it was cool. His uncle was a merchant who traded in the West Indies. Brooke had expressed his interest in sailing and the sea. He wants some adventure in his life. So his uncle signed him uh, to be a crew member on one of his merchant ships when he was only 13. Wow. So... We're going to skip ahead a little bit. We're going to 19 we're going to excuse me 1749. So Brooke is 14 right now, okay? And we're going to Havana, Cuba. We're not going there to smoke cigars or anything cool like that, but we are going to witness something. So some <clears throat> Brooke was swimming in the harbor there in Havana, and some of his crew members were on a rowboat one of the small boats they went to ride out on the, you know, what they would take from the, the big anchored ship, uh -huh. they, one of those rowboats. His crew members spotted a shark coming towards him. Not enough time to give the boy a warning that the shark is coming. And the shark attacks Brooke, hmm. biting his calf and dragging him underwater. The sailors paddled where the attack happened, waiting for the boy to break the surface it took over two minutes for them to spot the wow. boy, Jeez. who was now a hundred yards away. Wow. They began rushing towards him, but they didn't get very far because the shark attacks again, dragging him underwater. Jeez. After another two or so minutes, the sailors spot Brooke again and head towards him. They notice his foot is gone below the ankle. Oh. 
They are now attempting to grab him and pull him into the boat when they see the shark coming for a third attack. <laughs> he must have tasted real good. Uh, one man gets, one man in the boat grabs a harpoon and moves to the bow of the boat, so he moves to the front of the boat, and with the shark's mouth open and ready to strike, the man plunges his harpoon into the shark. This is effective, (laughs) and the shark retreats. Brooke! Wait, what about the harpoon? Was it on the line, or...? No. Did he take it out? No, the harpoons back then were more like spears, and I think this was just a quick movement, quick thinking type of deal, so I don't know if it was attached to any line or anything. So he pulled this... Probably not in a spear. Probably not. I don't think it was attached to the line. So it was pretty much he just speared him, speared the shark. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, in the mouth, though, right? No, no, he speared him on top of the body. Oh, I thought he... No. He needed to flip him over and put him into a sleep. Brooke is... (laughs) So... Brooke is now aboard the boat, bleeding profusely, missing his right foot, and after all that, nearly drowning. Uh, the sailors probably don't have much medical knowledge. I highly doubt that they, they're not quite educated there. His chances of survival are not looking good. Uh, when they're on land, they somehow find a surgeon who decided that amputating his leg below the knee is his best chance. Now, if you look back, in this time period, amputations are fairly common mm-hmm. yeah. for doctors back then and lots of sorts of injuries. They're like, well, amputate it, take it off. Yeah. In a lot of cases, like in the, even in the Civil War in the 1800s, if you got shot in the arm, take the arm off. Yeah. It was pretty common. So after the initial amputation, the chances of infection are like around 90%. Yeah. 90 or more percent to get an infection after the official amputation. So, however, despite all the odds, Brooke actually survives and is fully recovered in three months. Wow. Gee. And if you think about it, it's kind of, this story is kind of similar to the last one, Bethany Hamilton. He gets, someone gets attacked at a young age, yeah, and they move on. And That's similar, true. even more similar, Brooke actually lived to live a pretty decent and prominent life after this. He became a merchant himself and moved back to London, where he was elected to serve as a member of Parliament for London. Wow. He was the Commissionary General to the Duke of York, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> He was the Lord Mayor of London and Director of the Bank of England. There was also a few other titles, but I have no idea what the hell they mean. And he has a cool story. And a peg leg. <laughs> he did, in fact, have a peg leg like a pirate. He's legit had a peg leg. I wonder if that's how the, they got the inspiration for uh, Long John Silver. Then. Well, it's possible. It's, it's really possible because his story and how he became so well known is actually because of a painting. And it's a painting of the shark attack. In wow. seven around seventeen, that he painted no, no. So in in 1774, Brooke met an artist named John Singleton Copley. Brooke told Copley about the attack, and Copley painted the really cool painting named Watson and the Shark, hmm. which was completed in 1778 and put on exhibit at the Royal at the Royal Academy later that year, hmm. which uh, gained quite a bit of attention. Hmm. Wow. Uh, in the painting, it has the scene of the sailor harpooning the shark it attacks, that attacks Watson, while the others tried to bring him aboard. It's a pretty sweet painting, actually, and is the reason for the famous story. Brooke Watson, you know, he eventually he's gonna die. He died in 1807. So he, you know, he similar to our last story, 
it's pretty happy ending mm-hmm. after a shark attack, right? Yeah. Again, Accomplished see, most a lot. Of them, yeah. Oh, he was you just still live. Yeah. Oh, he was just riding off of his bad fortune. Even that far back in time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he accomplished a ton. So those two, those two stories had a happy ending. We're gonna move on to our third one, which does not have a happy ending. Oh, <laughs> I like to set things up like that. <laughs> this one we're gonna call Nightmare Honeymoon. Ooh. Honey. <laughs> <clears throat> so both of the stories so far have, um, are been pretty, like I said, uh, in a happy ending not the case with this one this one is actually quite heartbreaking we're gonna meet we're gonna have to hop back in the time machine actually okay we're gonna we're leaving the 1700s and we are coming to fairly recent we're going to 2011 Hmm. where we meet an ian and Gemma redmond this is in august of 2011 they are a british couple who are on their honeymoon in the small country islands of Seychelles. I think Seychelles. I remember that. I've yeah. heard this story. Well, huh. okay. I, I Seychelles, yeah. It is a French-owned isle. French kind of owner there. They used to own it in the Indian Ocean. It's its own country now. Huh. And, but it is considered a part of the African continent. It's a part of the African Union uh, it's a pretty popular tourist, especially for Europeans. Europeans oh. like it there. It's uh, yeah, kind of off Madagascar in the uh, Indian Ocean. Okay. So Ian and Gemma have been together for about nine years before tying the knot. They've been only been married for around a little over a week, like ten days, when they went to the beach of... Ansi Lazio on Paslin Island in Seychelles. And on this on this day in August, Gemma is out laying on the beach, sunbathing, reading a book. I don't know. And Ian is out snorkeling about 20 yards from the shore, which is, if you think about it, that's not, not far. far. No. No, that's that's not I've far at all. Yeah, we yeah, have. I catch waves on the boogie board from there. Do you, Dave? With, if someone else is out Do you want me to hold your hand while you're out there? No, and he's got to be around all the people. He, he, can't, yeah. he can't go any further. He can't be away With from me and people. Dana on both sides, you'll, you'll go on it? It's probably not enough people. Get you, so then I'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. If it gets you, I'm sorry, Matt. I I, I won't do anything. I'll just... <laughs> you'll freeze, and hopefully maybe I'll, you make I'll it to shore. I'll think about you. <laughs> That's what happened to Bucky. We saw my my brother and I. Yeah, your we, little brother. My Let's make sure little brother. little brother. We were when I lived in San Diego. He had came, come to visit, and we were at La Jolla Shores, and we were boogie boarding. So we were walking out there, and all of a sudden, he's like, "Dana," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there's a shark!" And literally, I was probably two feet away from stepping on this shark. And um, <laughs> so what kind of shark was it? It was a leopard shark. Okay. Yes, they're not scary. But when you're in the ocean and you see a shark, yeah, yeah. No, not, your first out. instinct it is like, oh, it's a leopard I shark. I wish we're, it was Dave. Okay. I would have been, shark! <laughs> well, Clear well, the water! Well, Bucky was. I think he was paralyzed. I had to he basically know what to pull do. him in shore no, because no, no. he could here's, not move. Here's what you told me. Here's the story I got. He's, he points the shark out. You see it. And you push, you push, 
You like oh, push off of Bucky. You no. didn't pull him in. You pushed off of him so you could get back to shore. No, <laughs> that's what I was He was like was paralyzed. Told. I literally dragged him in. I don't know. I'm gonna have to call him later and get his opinion <laughs> on the situation because I, I feel like Dana she might have a tendency we of over exaggerating. Brett and I had this conversation. <laughs> A couple days ago, so. All right. Well, you know what? Let's move he was on. Paralyzed with fear. Sure, we'll go with that. I took it like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty calm. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Back to the story. Back to the story. Gemma is out laying on the beach, sunbathing, and Eden is out snorkeling in the water, which is only about uh, twenty yards from the shore. Uh, it's not far at all. We were also, and there was also lots of people around. This pretty. Uh, crowded beach for the resort there, and there's said to be over a hundred people around in the water and on on the shore. So <clears throat> Gemma, when as she's sunbathing on the beach, when she hears a noise and some shouting coming from Ian, she recognizes the voice. Ian is being attacked by a six foot bull shark. After the initial attack, some tourists in a boat which was nearby, went to help Ian, pulling him inside and taking him to shore. Ian has very serious injuries to the hips and the and a severed arm. Ugh. Another severing. Yep. All three stories have a severing. Yep. You know what? I'd re- That's fine. Like, If you want to attack me, take an arm, that's fine. No, no, no. Don't kill I mean, they, they don't kill people yeah, that that's often. that's the thing. Like, that often. You got, if you're going to get attacked by a grizzly bear... See ya. You're oh, gone. Oh. You're done. No, 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 well, no. This is a whole another <laughs> topic. Other animals, your body can heal from, but when you can, when you lose a limb, you don't get that back. Well, and sometimes you don't lose a limb. Sometimes you just have a, a shark bite, and that's. I yeah, mean, sometimes you're just that missing is a chunk. one story to. But let's just say there's a percentage right of missing about. with sharks, whereas other attacks, you're, you could be okay. Well, you know? okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this on pause, guys, all right, because. You're right, you're right. Uh, this is a question for another time, and I've thought about asking you, and we'll get to that. We're going to get to it, okay? Uh, all right. Speaking of, what was the shark that attacked you? Oh, oh I, I did not say. It was It was never confirmed. Back then, it, they never no. found it after, and it just took Sharks were just sharks. Yeah. Sharks were sharks. It was a shark. Okay. a bull. So, moving on. Our, uh, they move him back onto the beach, and it so happens that a one of the tourists happens to be a doctor and assists in helping Ian on the beach. And this is all. There's always a doctor around. It seems like it. Well, rich beach resorts, it kind of makes sense. You can go with that. So remember, this is all happening all while Gemma is right there. She is. She's screaming in horror, and you know, just as what you would imagine could be happening. Ian was was being rushed to the hospital when he died from blood loss. So. After... See, and that's usually what it is. It's not the shark. Yeah, that, well, you're not being eaten by a shark. You're actually going to die from losing all the blood. Yeah, and that's most of the time that's the case. So poor Gemma is a widow after only being married for 10 days. That's rough. Jeez. So uh, the weird thing, the coincidence, the day of the attack is ironic in the sense that the government was actually having an emergency meeting that exact same day to discuss a previous attack that happened just two weeks before this. Jeez. Wow. Uh, this attack was a French man who was diving on the same beach when he was killed. The killer, however, was never identified, so they don't know if what kind of shark it was. It's possible it could have been the exact same shark that attacked Ian. Jeez. So, 
also, no tourists knew about this attack. Hmm. Uh, and beaches were never closed. It was kind of swept under the rug. Hmm. And uh, it was barely mentioned. This this is kind of common. And we discussed this a little bit last episode, Dave. That shark attacks yeah, are terrible. One. They're terrible for... No, no, no. They're, they're terrible for tourist resorts. They yes. scare yeah. away or they scare away people. People are terrified of sharks. Yeah. So this is terrible for business to have this happen. So uh, tour- <laughs> I'd be right there. I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> tour and if you think about it, tourists kind of come in waves. So two weeks ago, it wasn't the same people who were staying there two mm-hmm. weeks later. So it didn't. Nobody. It didn't really keep up. So nobody knew, and there was no warnings on the beaches or anything. Well, they didn't want to warn people because then they might not come. Yeah, that part's that part's very true. And before these attacks, before both of these attacks, the last one that took place was in uh, three, and it was non-fatal. The last recorded death in Seychelles was in eighteen, the year eighteen hundred. Wow. wow. So since eighteen hundred until. Uh, well, let me say this actually. So, uh, it, there was actually an attack in 2013 as well, two years later, and it was non-fatal. So, it, this is really these series of attacks were just a, kind of a freak accident. And to Gemma's credit, she she realized this, and she didn't really hold anyone responsible. Sure that the beaches, they should maybe there should have been a warning, but is that you know you don't know if that's going to stop people. And it I feel really like is nowadays. It doesn't. I feel like people are no, still people, like oh, okay. people. kind of are catching up on the whole shark trend. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a sad story. Uh, I feel bad for poor Ian and especially poor Gemma. That's uh, a heartbreaking story. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope you enjoy. But again, it. if you're gonna go, that's a cool story to go on. <laughs> Just goes to show. So if Dave dies, if Dave goes <laughs> out in a blaze a of gl- a shark well, attack I die, glory, a shark attack is how I want to go. Uh, no, uh, think gonna, about how I would feel. Well, if you think of Bethany Hamilton, you're not going to feel it. Exactly. Uh, uh, no. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed those three stories. Those, I, I I chose those three specifically. Uh, I thought about doing all of my attack stories based in Florida. Because <laughs> Florida, uh, but I did not. I decided against it because you know I think we're gonna do a whole episode dedicated to the craziness, which is Florida. We could probably <laughs> do a whole Florida. season. Of yeah, Florida. we probably could do a whole season. So we're gonna save some Florida stories right now. Um, Dana, you have a story. L- let's move on. You have a story, let's... and it's not in Florida. So okay, good. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, Dana, you now have the floor. Okay, so my story is called There's Always a Bigger Fish. Ooh. That was, that's uh, Qui-Gon Jinn from Star Wars, <laughs> right? There's always is, a bigger yeah, fish. I guess. <laughs> you should know this, Dana. Okay, well, anyway, we're going to get into a time machine again because we're going back to 1997. Okay, the 90s. Okay, we're going back to October of 1997. Okay. Okay, so when you think of a great white, do you think it has any natural predators? You probably mm. think it's at the top, right? It doesn't really yeah, have any. Yeah, it's an apex, apex exactly. predator. Well, think again. Okay. okay. So back in 1997, there was a fishing boat sailing along the Fairlawn Islands, which is known, especially in the fall, to be the feeding place for a lot of great white sharks. Okay? It's located outside of San Francisco. I do want to go cage diving there. <laughs> mm, I'll go with you. 
<laughs> Dave, anyway. you, you, you stay. You I'll stay watch there. the kids. The only thing you that's stopping the me is they don't guarantee you seeing a great white. So I'm like, maybe I need to go to South Africa where they do guarantee it. But, you know, that's a longer flight. So. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. So 1997, fishing boat, Farallon Islands, okay? They're driving around. They see an orca, and they see it, like, feeding on something. No, not not a shark. It's a seal. It was eating a seal. So they watch this orca eat this seal, and they're like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> well, then the orca, I think it, there were two orcas there. Then after it, it finished off the seal, it was kind of showing off and jumping up for this fishing boat. Yeah, the dolphin, yeah they yeah. like to do that. They were like, hey, look at us. We're, we're we're great. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, an, a lady on the fishing boat looks into the water and sees a silhouette of a great white shark. And she's like, oh, wow. About maybe two minutes later, all of a sudden, she sees the orcas go down into the water. No more fins okay. in, above water. And they see, all of a sudden, they see this ripple, and then there's nothing. They're like, what the heck? There's no blood, nothing. You know, they're thinking... The great white shark must have got this orca. Right. No. So then all of a sudden, about two minutes after the ripple in the water, the orca comes to the surface, and what does it have in its mouth? It has the great white shark. Whoa. Turned over on his back, which puts him into what they call the tonic immobility. Oh, I've heard of that. Yes. That's where, yeah, like, if you have a shark upside down, they basically it kind of, like, immobilizes asleep. it, and it's, it's almost like a, what, what did you say, catatonic? Tonic yeah, immobility. Yeah, it's, they're pretty much, like, asleep, right? Yeah. Hmm. So this, this orca kept it, the shark in its mouth for about 15 minutes, and then ate the liver. Nothing else, just the liver. So it just kept it there in its mouth, and then kind of yeah, these got into it. Yeah, are so smart. They realized that if they turn a shark over onto its That's right. Belly, I've, I've heard of that before. That they're not going to put up a fight and it's like one it's of an them, easy meal for they them. They saw one of them do it one time and now the, and all now the others all have learned. And they know how and it goes back and so their offspring, they'll learn how to hunt like that. And Okay, so anyway, that was the first time they'd ever seen anything like that. That's the first time they'd ever thought, oh my gosh, there is a predator to the great white shark. Okay. Well, another interesting fact about that day is after that happened, there were no more great white sharks. Mm. They had left. Haven't seen them in around. They didn't see any, not, not even one, which it was feed, you know, it was like their feeding months and not one great white shark. Okay. Well, now we're going to jump back in the time machine and we're going to move all the way to 2017. Okay, this wow, is it's just last year. This is last year. This is this is in South Africa. South Africa is known for Oh, it's a huge population. Great, of great white whites. sharks. It's great white great, sharks. Yeah. City. That's again, like that their tourism there is because people want to come. Yeah, and they want we, to yeah, we talked dives. about that yeah. last yeah. last week. So in two thousand seventeen it wasn't too great of a year because there were no great whites to be found, besides four that had washed up on shore. Oh, I guess oh. I guess you would have been guaranteed one on shore. I could have <laughs> seen see it. Hey, maybe one. maybe Dave would have actually would have seen been, one yeah, if, if okay that was then. the case. On <laughs> so shore, David they brought out these scientists. They came and they were like, "What is going on? Like the only thing this shark is missing is its liver, and it looks like it's." It That's weird with the liver. Yeah, like well, the liver is like practice. a very. It, it has all the good vitamins they need. It's like a dessert. Yeah, I guess it's, a it's dessert. nutritious for them, and that's probably what yeah. they crave. So they noticed, like, the incision on the sh getting the liver out was just, I mean, it's done with precision. But they did 
they were able to tell that there were some orca uh, teeth marks in it. So, again, four great white sharks washed up on shore. All of their livers are gone. Great white sharks are gone. Oh, yeah, you gotta... So scientists can't figure it out. They're like, why are these sharks leaving? So, you know, they did all these studies and they finally realized the why the sharks were leaving is because sharks have an innate sense of smell. And once a shark is killed, they, they get... can smell that. It's like the smell of death. So those sharks just... They take off because they yeah. know what's going on. In fact... It's interesting. So one of the sharks back in the Farallon Islands was actually tagged so they could follow this shark. And they saw that after the shark died, another shark, then that shark dipped down 500 feet into the water and went to Hawaii. But they're safe down low because orcas can't go down deep because they have to breathe well, air. They can go deep, but they, they got to come but back up eventually. They got to like, come back yeah. up eventually to get so, some air. So, great whites are safe once they're really far underneath the water. Yeah, that makes sense. Dana, I think you helped me figure out how I can go back in the ocean. I need a shark liver. And I will wrap, <laughs> duct tape that thing to me, and I can go in the ocean again. Well, that's dumb, because then an orca's going to come after you. No, oh, crap, Dave, All you have huh? to do is get the smell of sh- of a dead shark. You don't have to wrap a liver on. Okay, you just... we'll just I'll just chuck them. Like in fact, that's how they did a study. They took a they took the smell and put it in a can, and then they went to they actually did the study in the Caribbean, I believe, and they had put some chum in the water for the white tip sharks. So they were all feeding on this chum, and then they threw the the canister in the water, and all the sharks just boom, gone. Because it was that smell of death. Interesting. So anyway, back to the 1997, the pod, because we say that, you know, certain or there's certain pods and some workers will eat, like Antarctica pod. They'll eat seals, they'll like rush up, push the ice, and the seals fall down and they eat them. It's like a pack of wolves. It's like a pack of wolves. Exactly. Separate packs of wolves. And some have a lot of whales and some only have a few whales and... I mean, some go down generation, generation. Like, I found all these statistics about all these whales, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. And they live a long time. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so anyway, the the uh, perpetrator of this 1997 incident was actually called the L.A. Pod. The L.A. Pod is also called the Odd Pod, because they can't be really identified as to eat, they eat stingrays, or they eat seals. Right, each pod eat, kind of does their own Yeah, every pod techniques. would do like, oh, they mostly eat sea lions, they mostly eat stingrays and fish. Well, this pod just is crazy. That's because they're, they're from L.A. Eat. Yeah, well, yeah. LA, LA. <laughs> they're from the west side. Hollywood. The west side. Hollywood the west side pod. jets. So yeah, they don't, they don't fall within those factors. So they are the Odd Pod, and then... Now it looks like these whales are, you know, like learning, learning, and their offspring are learning. Like that's what you do, yeah. If you want a nice liver, this is how you do it. Yeah, I know that's crazy. Cow sharks, blue makos have been. They found makos with their livers gone. So makos are supposed to be fast. Well, (laughs) if you're if you're wanting to know, I actually have the statistics right in front of me. So, a great white shark is about 48 kilometers and an orca is or i'm sorry a great white shark is 45 kilometers and orca is 48 kilometers per, mean per hour i speed? mean so that's their speed that they can swim so they're pretty close wow but i don't have makos that was, that was just great white but i mean Crazy. like 
the maximum weight on a great white is about two thousand no, two sixty eight kilograms, and an orca oh, is about nine thousand kilograms. So yeah, they're like double they the size. They definitely more. have the numbers on when you put them on paper, but yeah, yeah. that was wow, that's that's really crazy how they can do that. Yeah, it's really yeah. that'd be that'd be cool to see while I, you're, I while you're shark diving. <laughs> That would have been. It would awesome. help give me courage. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Uh, well, but orcas are super smart. They, I think they are. In the, fact, they're not. They're not whales. They're actually. They're, they're dolphins. actually dolphins. Yeah. So yeah. dolphins are known to be smart. So. I actually think uh, killer whales are the apex, the apex predator of the ocean. Oh, 100. definitely. They they go in pods like packs. Yeah. So they're they're yeah. the wolves of the sea. Yeah, because great whites they yeah. don't swim in pods. They no. swim by themselves. But they don't. Well, Dana, thank you. That was a great story. You're welcome. We appreciate. It. We liked yeah. having you on there on here today. Thank you. Uh, before we wrap up here, I know everyone loves sharks and shark stories. We and we could do like ten or so episodes about this, and I promise we will come back at some point and revisit our. our re, we'll revisit our toothy fish friends, but uh, we have so many other cool animal stories that we want to get to. Uh, for instance, next week, Dave. Yeah. Next week we are going to be covering a crazy story about revenge. Ooh. And the animal will be Siberian tigers. Wow. So come back next week for that. And like I said, now we are on iTunes, so please subscribe, rate, review on there. Please give us five stars. Say whatever you want in the review, but it really helps us stand out and get noticed. Uh, also, like us on Facebook, and you can even email us at forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Please tell us a cool story of any of if you've had an interaction with animal and maybe we could share it on the show. But that is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, be a part of building this up, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.